All right, glad you're with us. Toll free telephone numbers 800 941 Sean, you want to be a part of the program? I'm looking at the media. Apparently, they're now in a breathless hysteria, meltdown, breakdown, you know, typical mode because of some stupid comment that Mick Mulvaney apparently made. Um, I just talked to a couple of people that said, no, no, he meant this. No, no, he meant that. I, I, I'm like, I'm like, because the way the, the media is pointing it, Mulvaney confirmed Ukraine aid held withheld in part over request to investigate Democrats, despite Trump's denial of quid pro quo. Well, even the Ukrainian president said there was nothing like that. Uh, and everyone else said it. And we had the transcript that didn't sh- say it. So, I mean, the fact that he this guy can't put two sentences together like anyone else is nothing. You got to remember something here. And this is where the mob is so corrupt in the media. You've got Joe Biden on tape. You got him on tape, literally saying you got six hours. In other words, he's shaking down Ukraine, threatening to withhold a billion taxpayer dollars. Yeah, you got six hours. Fire the guy or you're not getting the money. Nobody in the media mob cares. Nobody in the media mob at all pays any attention to that. Yesterday, whatever it was earlier in the week, then you got Hunter Biden, genius that he is. I mean, it is so bad. I can't even believe that they allowed him to do it. And he goes on and on. This is this is what he's saying. Uh, okay, well, tell us about your experience. Well, I was once on a board at Amtrak. I'm like, well, how'd you get on that board? Well, I once got all aboard Amtrak. When he said, I hope you know what you're doing, what did he think you were doing? Well, he read the press reports that I joined the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian natural gas company. And there's been a a lot of misinformation about me, not about my dad. Nobody buys that, but it buys this idea that I was unqualified to be on the board. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Boyce Schiller Flexner one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though. Uh, no, but I think that I had as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board, if not more. No experience with Ukraine. No experience in energy, oil, gas. The father demands the firing of the prosecutor who told the Washington Post and ABC News that he was fired for one reason and one reason only, and that's because Joe Biden demanded it. Now, you think about this for just a second here, because this is important. So the media ignores it, they defend it, and then they justify it. These guys are on tape basically saying, yeah, there's total cronyism here, complete cronyism at the highest level. Why do you think, and the same with China, There is nothing, no experience in China, except that he flew with his dad to China 10 days prior to a billion dollar, which became a billion five dollar private equity deal. I haven't received a penny. 
We saw yeah, but, you yeah. in those photos getting off of Air Force Two with your daughter, with I, your father. I, I was traveled there. everywhere with my dad. Went, and I went there because my daughter was right. on the trip, too. But did you yeah. talk about China no. or your deal with China? No. A 12-hour flight over? No, no, of course not. That never came up? No. Your father did shake hands with Mr. Lee, though, correct, in the lobby of that hotel? I don't remember, but probably. Yeah, I hope so. I hope he did. He was my friend. Jonathan Lee. Yeah, for for uh, almost uh, 13 years. He was your friend and your, business, and your business yeah, partner. Yeah, I understand. So really, Amy, whether I'm in New York or whether I'm in Washington, D.C., a friend and a business associate is in the hotel. And my dad's sitting there. Is it inappropriate for me to have coffee with them? I so don't that find meeting anything was wrong. not a mistake. It was not unethical. 100% not. No. It- 100% no. Uh, 10 days later, this guy gets the exact, I mean, this is the amazing thing. He gets something that he, again, he's not qualified in, no experience in. Now, then why is this important? It's important because the media is that abusively biased. And if it was Vice President Trump and Donald Trump Jr., they would not relent on this corruption. One bit, not even a little bit. And it would be impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. And, and they wouldn't be told every second of every hour of every minute of every day that it is uh, a conspiracy theory. And it's unproven. But let me ask you anyway, because everyone will get mad if, you know, I don't say that. So you got the phone call with the transcript of the president. And, you know, you go back to the transcript. Now, keep in mind, a president's constitutional duty is what? to faithfully execute the laws of the land. We also have with Ukraine, by the way, also with Italy and also with Great Britain. What do we have? We have cooperation agreements in in criminal matters. Wow. So the president says, what did he say in the transcript? Forget the non-whistleblower whistleblower. I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot And Ukraine knows a lot about it. What is the president talking about there? Obviously, the election interference that we have described in detail that even Politico wrote about January 11, 2017. The country just spent nearly three years. Everybody seemed to care about Russian interference in our elections. Now, the president, who has a sworn constitutional oath and duty, to faithfully execute the laws of the land is he's saying your country knows a lot about it because they were already on record admitting it. And what did they do? They interfered in our elections and they did it to benefit Hillary Clinton. But the double standard is if it's not for Trump, who cares? Who cares in any way? And he said, I'd like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say crowd strike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people or whatever, the server, the, they say Ukraine has it. A lot of things that went on, the whole situation. He's talking about election interference. The mob and the media said they cared about election interference, but only Trump-Russia interference. Four separate investigations, nothing, zero. And then he says, I guess you have, you know, your people. The server, Ukraine has it. There are a lot of things that went on, a whole situation. And I think you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people, meaning this government's corrupt that you have here. 
And then he said, I'd like to have the the attorney general call you or your people. Why? What do you think the attorney general has been doing in Italy and Great Britain lately? It's about election interference. That's right. Whether or not outsourcing of intelligence gathering and spying on a campaign, uh, a team, et cetera, et cetera, and a, and a president. And I'd like to think your attorney general will call your people and I'd like to get to the bottom of it. I thought the media wanted to get to the bottom of it. As you saw yesterday, the, the whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller, an incompetent performance. But they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you can do, he said, it's very important that you do it if that's possible. Why? Because he's faithfully executing the laws of the land. There's nothing there about a quid pro quo. Now, I have no idea what Mick Mulvaney was talking about. And here's what he said today that the media say, this is it. We got him. We got him. This is Mick Mulvaney. And I hate to tell you this, Mick Mulvaney's comments has any evidence to back this up be great but you know he goes well i think you know his acknowledgement that they've you know i mean it's like what are we supposed to think to play the tape of milvaney did he also mention to me in the past that the the, the the corruption related to the DNC server? Absolutely. No question about that. Um, but that's it. And that's why we held up the money. Now, there was a report. So, so, so the demand for an investigation into the Democrats was part of the reason that he it was on the, to withhold funding to Ukraine. The, the look back to what happened in 2016 certainly was, was part of the thing that he was worried about in corruption with that nation. And that is holding, absolutely appropriate. the funding. Yeah. And which, which ultimately then flowed. But to be clear, what you just described is a quid pro quo. It is funding will not flow unless the investigation into the into the Democratic server uh, happened as well. We, we do we do that all the time. What is he talking about? Because that's not even in the transcript. You know, and I'm going to tell you something here. All of this is just designed to put everything in the worst light of Donald Trump. When you compare and contrast, even, you know, whoever the chief of staff is, which I think is just ridiculously inarticulate. When you compare and contrast what we have on tape with Hunter now and Joe Biden and what we have and what we know from the January 11, 2017, I'll go back and read it in the next segment, Politico article about Ukrainian interference in our election. They don't care at all. They don't care. Why did Ukraine and China pay millions of dollars to Hunter Biden with no experience while he was vice president? Because they're trying to buy favor with the Biden family. And you have to suspend all reason, common sense and belief that there's not a quid pro quo. That this is not a wink and a nod. I'll scratch your back. You scratch my back. That's what it is. And then Hunter admitting everything that we suspected. And it's not a big deal to the mob in the media. There's not. I would like you to do us a favor because your country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. Election interference 2016. I would like you to find out what happened. This whole you know, situation with Ukraine, they say CrowdStrike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people, the server, they say Ukraine has it. 
There are a lot of things that went on the whole situation. Election interference. And by the way, I think you're surrounding yourself with the same people. I would like to have the attorney general call you or your people. That's because that's what the attorney general's job is to do. If there was election interference, that's what their job is to do. Biden's name isn't even mentioned in this whole part about a favor. It's all about election interference. Every aspect of it. And Ukraine now admitting, I'm just going to quote Politico, I quote anyone else, that they interfered in our election. And, you know, I think Mulvaney needs to explain in full what the hell he's talking about, because it doesn't make any sense based on this transcript. None whatsoever. And I will tell you, having a constitutional duty to faithfully execute the laws of the land. And when you have the president of Ukraine and you have the other person in Ukraine, one of the other foreign minister of Ukraine, same thing. We didn't feel any pressure. We didn't even know about any funds withheld at all. President saying nothing about quid pro quo. It's in the transcript. How do you get off the transcript? You know, like a, a fake whistleblower, whistleblower's interpretation of hearsay evidence. It's the same principle here. And it never ends. Never ends. There are some stupid people, I will tell you. In uh, I mean, you know, it's not even the stupid people. There are stupid people in Washington. I mean, just idiots. But I'll tell you, what's even worse is the mob's corruption. Uh, it is so, it stinks to high heaven. Just just comparing Biden, the Bidens and what they say on tape. Just imagine Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump, you know, puts top secret classified information on a server, deletes subpoenaed emails, cleans the hard drives, busts up the devices. Imagine if Trump had the dirty dossier. Imagine if Trump, you know, was involved in an operation to spy on Hillary Clinton's campaign transition and presidency. They don't care about any of it. It's how sick, ugly, twisted, corrupt things are. You know, the only one on tape that is colluding with a Russian that wants dirt on a candidate, that would be the cowardly Schiff. By the way, so he tried to pressure so the Washington Examiner transcript obtained by the Washington Examiner, because what's happening here is you got to understand what the Democrats are doing now. The radical socialist Democrats are holding the secret Soviet style impeachment coup uh, interrogations. They don't want anything in public. They don't want a single thing in public. And it, I, I've never seen anything like this, because if they did it in public, well, then the president would actually have real rights and real, you know, just look at it. They, they don't even want the Republicans to be able to do anything. Why won't they grant co-equal subpoena power to the chair and the ranking member? Why won't they require all subpoenas be subject to a vote of the full committee at the request of either the chair or ranking member? Why don't they provide the president's counsel the right to attend all the hearings and depositions? Why won't they provide the president's counsel the right to present evidence? Why don't they provide the president's counsel the right to object to the admittance of evidence? Or provide the president's counsel the right to recommend a witness list? They don't don't want fairness. This is secret, Soviet-style, an impeachment coup attempt. 
all this is, and it's all based on politics, and you have to defy reason, logic, intelligence, and common sense to get there. I just think half these people, Republicans too, what is Mulvaney even talking about? I just think he's dumb. I really do. I don't even think he knows what he's talking about. That's my take on it. You got the cowardly shift we know pressured Ukraine uh, Ukraine witness to change his testimony. <laughs> no wonder Nancy Pelosi wants to keep her her secret Soviet-style impeachment coup in place and not let anybody know anything. Anyway, they got the transcript from the Washington Examiner. The cowardly shift, the biggest liar in Congress, has been apparently pressuring key witnesses to change the testimony. Well, that's pretty, you know, brazen, don't you think? Anyway, it goes on in an interview, the cowardly shift, you know, the leader of this secret Soviet-style impeachment coup attempt is out there pressing the former U.S. special representative to Ukraine, Kurt Volker, to testify that Ukrainian officials felt pressured to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, as a result of withholding U.S. military aid to Ukraine. Well, we know Biden is on tape saying he did that. Volker denied that was the case, noting that Ukrainian leaders didn't even know the aid was being withheld and that they believe their relationship with the U.S. was moving along satisfactorily without having done anything that Trump mentioned in his July 25th, now infamous, phone conversation with the Ukrainian President Zelensky. When Volker repeatedly de declined to agree with the cowardly Schiff's characterization of events, Schiff said, Ambassador, you're making this much more complicated than it has to be. I guess the truth is complicated. This is what, you know, this is why I think some of these people are so stupid. Read the transcript. We don't need a non-whistleblower whistleblower. You don't need a chief of staff's idiotic interpretation of things when the president and the president of Ukraine and everybody else can read it all themselves. That's what's amazing. And again, nobody cares about Biden on tape involved in a shakedown with taxpayer money because the New York, I'm sorry, the Washington um, Post and ABC say that the prosecutor said he was fired because of Biden. Biden said six hours. You're out of there. Now we have Hunter Biden. Have any experience? What why, What qualified you? No. No experience. Ukraine? No. China? No. Any experience in energy, oil, gas? No. Private equity? No. Why do you think you got it? I don't know. You think maybe it has to do with the fact you're a Biden? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, that all happened. There's no media madness about that. So twisted. Everything is, I mean, up is down, down is up. I, I just, it, it just, it's breathtaking to watch this. The really big picture is I mean, we're watching the, the country literally disintegrate, constitutional republic that we are disintegrate, go right down the tubes. Anyway, Volker. Kept saying, doesn't have to be this complicated. And Schiff began to push the quid pro quo allegations, asking Volcker whether he would agree that no president of the United States should ever ask a foreign leader to help intervene in a U.S. election. You know what the great irony in all that is? I have the article in front of me. Politico. January 11th, 2017. Headline. Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. This is before Trump's even sworn in. Kiev. Now think of let's go back to the cowardly shifts question. You know, 
when it's complicated. I guess it's, you know, more complicated. You're making it than it needs to be. Then he says to Volcker, would you agree no president of the United States should ever ask a foreign leader to help intervene in a U.S. election? I agree with that, said Volcker. And that would be particularly egregious if it was done in the context of withholding foreign assistance. And Schiff continued. Volcker, Volcker, so, well, we're getting now into a conflation of these things that I don't think was actually there. Schiff then pushes again. If it's inappropriate for a president to seek foreign help in a U.S. election, it would be doubly so if a president was doing that at a time when the United States was withholding military support from the country. Volker doesn't agree. I can't really speak to that. My understanding of security assistance issue is why can't you speak to that ambassador? He interrupts him. You're a career diplomat. You can understand the enormous leverage that a president would have withholding military support from an ally at war with Russia. You can understand just how significant that would be. And by the way, the irony in all of this is the person. Now, think about this. Should I, you know, would you agree? No president in the United States should ever ask a foreign leader to help intervene in an election. Meanwhile, he's on the phone with somebody he thinks is a Russian. Asking about the compromising materials. He's on phone asking what's the nature of the compromising materials. Naked Trump, naked pictures, naked Trump. Does Vladimir know? He's on tape doing that. And that's the great irony here. And then Volker says, I, I can't speak to that. My, my understanding of the security assistant issue is why can't you speak to that? You're a career diplomat. You can understand the enormous leverage that a president would have withholding military support. You mean like Joe Biden withholding aid to stop and get a, a prosecutor in Ukraine fired? Or, you know, a kid's getting paid millions with no experience at all. Is that not buying influence? Again, everything they accuse Trump of, they are more than guilty of. You just can't understand how significant that would be, correct? Volker tried to go along without actually, I can understand that would be significant. And the cowardly shift. And when that suspension of aid became known to the country of Ukraine, it would be all the more weighty to consider what the president had asked of them, wouldn't it? So again, Congressman, I don't believe. Shifts interrupts. It's a pretty straightforward question. I don't believe the Ukrainians were aware that the assistance was being held up. They became aware of it. They became aware later, but I don't believe they were aware at the time. No leverage implied. Well. Well, let's now go back with all that understanding of, you know, what, what is what is the big question here from the cowardly shift? You know, the no president in the United States should ever ask a foreign leader to help intervene in an election. Now, with all the years history, again, the president says, I need a favor. I need you to get to the bottom of this. I'd like to, you to do us a favor. Our country's been through a lot. Ukraine knows a lot about it. I'd like you to find out what happened. He has a constitutional duty to faithfully execute. We have an agreement with Ukraine investigating political matters. Why, why is Barr and Durham in Italy and Great Britain? See, I mean, it's it, everything with this whole thing defies logic. Everything. And it goes Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. Kiev officials are scrambling to make amends with the president elect after quietly working to boost Clinton. Whoops. Hang on a second. President Poroshenko's administration, along with the Ukrainian embassy in Washington, insists that Ukraine stayed neutral 
in the American presidential race. Donald Trump wasn't the only presidential candidate whose campaign was boosted by officials of a former Soviet bloc country. Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. Oh, Ukrainian election interference 2016. I thought that was important. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggested that they were investigating the matter only to back away after the election. And they helped Clinton allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors. A Politico investigation found. Wow. 2016 election interference. I think that would be the very thing the president was saying in the transcript that Ukraine knows a lot about it. And the president has a constitutional duty, a sworn oath to faithfully execute. And it goes on. Donald, uh, you know, Ukrainian officials tried to help Hillary and undermine Trump and look for research, damaging information on Trump and his advisors. A Ukrainian-American operative, a consulting figure for the DNC. Whoopsie-daisy. You mean the Democratic National Committee. They met with top officials in the Ukrainian embassy in Washington in an effort to expose ties between Trump Top campaign aide Paul Manafort and Russia. They were digging up and they were enlisting Ukraine's help to dig up dirt on Trump to interfere in the election. Wow. Politico, I didn't know they were members of the vast right wing conspiracy. And it goes on. In an effort to expose ties between Trump, top campaign aide Paul Manafort and Russia, according to people with direct knowledge of the situation. It goes on. The Ukrainian efforts had an impact in the race. They impacted the 2016 election, helping to force Manafort's resignation, advancing the narrative that Trump's campaign was deeply connected to Ukraine's foe to the east, Russia. But they were far less concerted or centrally directed than Russia's alleged hacking and dissemination of Democratic emails. Okay. Russia's effort was directed by Putin and goes on to talk about that. And by the way, some I have one of my sources telling me. That, in fact, investigators. Literally found similar information about Russia's attempts to help Hillary, except they treated it differently. Let's see if that comes out one day. Put that in your toolbox to, you know, Back in the at some point during the day, you might want to think about that or later. Um, Anyway, there's little evidence of top down effort of Ukraine. Well, who was doing it then? Anyway, it's corruption, factionalism. Why is it that it's okay that now that we have the Biden shakedown on tape and the admission on tape, the leveraging of tax dollars? To fire a prosecutor. Why would any vice president ever demand that? Then you have the kid on tape now admitting no experience. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. And nobody in the mob and the media cares. They don't even care a little bit. They don't even care one bit. I mean, that that is, to me, breathtaking. 
the fact that America has a constitutional system and a constitutional duty. Why is the origins of the Russia, what is now, you know, Operation Crossfire Hurricane, a counterintelligence investigation, why is it taken U.S. Attorney John Durham, Attorney General Barr to Italy, Great Britain, and Australia in terms of getting the information? Why is that key? Why does it matter if Russian interference is so important and four investigations cleared Donald Trump that a dossier full of Russian lies that was disseminated to the American people prior to the 2016 election because they weeded out parts of the dirty dossier to, you know, hacks and, and conspiracy theorists like Michael Isikoff and David Korn. And that got out, you know, to the American voter before the election. That became the the bulk of information to obtain a FISA warrant to spy on a campaign, a transition, and then a presidency. How does that not rise to the level of the media's intensity? And the same thing with the Bidens. How does that not rise to the level of intensity? Because if Donald Trump did any of these things, you replace Hillary Clinton with Donald Trump, a secret server, you know, subpoenaed emails, dirty dossier, the dossier leaked. Then, of course, the premeditated fraud on the FISA court, outsourcing of intelligence gathering to allied countries to spy on another way on a president. Ukrainian officials up to their eyeballs helping Hillary Clinton with because a DNC operative is meeting with them and requesting it on behalf of the Hillary campaign. And none of that ever becomes and ever garners any urgency. You talk about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and what we have now on tape. It's right there. It's a conspiracy theory, they'll say. Unproven. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a (laughs) got fired. Ask yourself, do you think that Ukraine and China were giving the inexperienced Hunter Biden money because they just met him and liked him? Were they expecting something in return? Buying influence for the second most powerful person in the United States of America at the time. What does your own common sense tell you? What does your own reason tell you? What does your own intelligence tell you? And if the president's trying to get to the bottom of Ukrainian election interference, he's in trouble. That's a problem. When everybody for three years, this is what he's been through personally. And yet it really did happen. Nobody cares. Never cared about the dirty dossier either. Going to lose the country. I'm telling you, half the country is mad. I, I haven't listened to Nani and Colin about 15 years. Okay. Well, stop. Well, I mean, you're obviously know what you're doing at this point, too. I, so. just, I can't listen to it. Yeah. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's all just a bunch of And I wish that wasn't the case. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not super thrilled with what we do yeah, on our air anymore. 95. 95. I've been here for a little while. So, I 
hate seeing what we were and what we could be and what we've become. It's awful. But then, then Trump's getting hammered for twisting it off. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, I don't know, man. Um, he has survived everything up to this point. Bill Clinton survived getting up under a table. You know what I'm saying? My, my guess is the House is crazy enough to go through with it, and they're starting it. Um, Everyone, everyone's trying to do this from a holier-than-now perspective, like, oh, he abused his power, and also, <laughs> like, they, these so 500 up there, abuse of oh, power every day. They do this shit every freaking day. This is a story that's not going to go away. Oh, the Ukraine thing? Or just yeah, Trump in general? Trump in general. The only way this will go away is when he dies. Hopefully, <laughs> soon. Just take an anchor and put them at the desk and tell the news. They're so busy trying to trying to get appointment viewership. You're just regular day in, day out telling the news. You're not going to compete with Fox or MSNBC because we don't. Even though we're totally left wing, we're not. We don't want to admit it. And CNN as a whole, look, I, I like the network. I, I like overall what they stand for. I think they, maybe they lost their way in a little bit with all the Trump stuff. We could fire half, not that I ever say fire me, but yeah, I get you. We don't need to have shows being produced. I mean, some of these shows like The Axe Files, this yeah, thing that only airs like once a month. The, the thing costs like a fortune to make. Oh, really? Like, it's oh, production. Is it just the graphics? It's crap. It's like it's it's David Axelrod interviewing B players. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they did that. They hired them to do this because they're hoping they're going to get the first Obama interview. It used to be. It was. It was kind of boring. It was very like CNN. I'm not saying CNN is boring. Yeah, I get it you. was very like packages, and it was really just straight news. Just straight up news, right? Um. Yeah. There wasn't as much opinion and panel and the same people. It yeah. was interviews. It was lots of foreign leaders, which was very that cool. was cool. Really yeah. enjoyed that. We got to hear a lot more from the world. Um, when Zucker took over, uh, it wasn't until Trump that we ended up being all Trump all the time. He okay. was very, um, he liked the panels. Okay. Uh, it did sort of jazz it up. He basically said, f*** all the other stories. I mean, essentially, you know, uh, not verbatim, but paraphrasing, but it blew my mind that we have this huge, like, apparatus. And like, hey, screw all the other stuff. We need to divert all the resources to here. But we have so many resources that could do other stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like I said, like, media, their purpose is to create, is to, well, essentially, they, they would say, like, to to tell the news. But, right. but in the process, sometimes they try to create the news by either focusing on congressmen that have issues with the president and then trying to force the president to give a response to it. Sure. Um, making sure, like, the top of the rundowns are always, like, that one big feud and that's, like... Rah, rah. Rah, 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 rah. Exactly. And... It's interesting. Well, it's to provoke conflict because conflict drives clicks. Like, for example, President, Vice President Biden, so, uh, you said this and this and this about your health care policy. Kristen Gillibrand criticized your policy. How do you respond to Senator Gillibrand? Yeah, something like like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not on accident, right? It's not on accident because while CNN says like they're, they they want to portray the contrast, but really okay. it's partly because you want, you know, like conflict is what sells. Nobody wants to hear one minute canned statements. Gotcha. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. Good luck. Great clicks. Get more money. Is that taught in journalism school now? <laughs> I will, you know, I didn't even go to journalism school. It's called common sense school. True. Absolutely. Like street well, smarts. Well, and you learn that in journalism school, we're supposed to be middle of the road. That's our job. Now it's just now it's just entertainment. All it's become. There is no true media news outlet. So Jeff Zucker runs the show. Jeff Zucker runs the show. He may he will personally go into the control room. And if Jake Topper was interviewing Kelly and Conway, he he one time like he went to the control room during that interview, and he was like, keep keep going, keep going, asking questions, blow past the commercial breaks, keep going. And it it turned a seven minute interview to a twenty five minute interview. Why? Because Jeff Zucker personally got on the phone and they said they should top the show. What was happening? Or he got into his ear. He was interviewing Kelly and Conway, and it was she like was, a tough exchange. Yeah. She was arguing back and forth with Jake Tapper and Zucker told him on the earpiece keep going keep going keep going don't stop because you were jamming her up yeah 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 I mean Kelly O'Connor is just whatever so I like the fact that you guys are jamming her up though because she deserves it she, she's lying all the time is she or is she just she is so Zucker sees an opportunity and just just to fuck this is CNN. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity show. There you have it. The work of Project Veritas, that now the third installation, their undercover project of uh, fake news. CNN, boy, I never really realized how fake it could be. Um, pretty unbelievable to me. And in, in, in terms of what we just heard there, I mean, it's fascinating. You have a number of players in, involved in this heavy focus on their field manager, a guy by the name of Patrick Davis. Uh, we had shown you the other night, Carrie Porch, and I interviewed him. Uh, by the way, a Bernie Sanders supporting Democrat, not a, not a part of the vast right wing conspiracy. Um, but you hear the people working for CNN and the last bit about I guess Jake Tapper was doing the fake Jake. I, we can call him now with, with confidence, uh, getting the marching orders directly from Jeff Zucker. Blow the brakes, beat her up, pounce on her. You know, just like we had heard Lindsey Graham. I know a lot of you like Lindsey Graham. No more of this friendship stuff. Get at it. Go after him. Um, it's about impeachment. Wow. This isn't news. I am telling every, anyone that will listen. It's an all hands on deck moment if you believe that the electoral process should remain. We should have fidelity to it and remain as it is. And people have not gotten over Trump's win in 2016. Four separate Russia, Russia investigations. We had the FBI investigation. Nothing. They had nothing. Lisa Page, Peter Strzok confirmed that. Then we have the House Intelligence Committee investigation. Nothing. The bipartisan Senate investigation. Nothing. The Mueller report. Nothing. So they just, well, we'll pick something. Nancy Pelosi said even the day before the they even had the transcript of the president's call with the president of Ukraine. This is like the, the radical Democrat Soviet style secret Soviet style impeachment coup attempt here. And they're going through with it. That's what's really scary. Anyway, James O'Keefe is the founder of Project Veritas. Uh, also with us is Carrie Porch, uh, who bravely went undercover in this whole endeavor here. 
Um, welcome, both of you. Uh, Carrie, I know we had you on TV, but I want you to explain why you decided to do this. And, and your political leanings are, I don't think you agree with me a lot on issues, but you supported, I guess, Bernie Sanders, right? Uh, yes, sir, Sean. Thanks again for having me on again. And the first time meeting you the other night was great. It's much appreciated. Uh, but, Thank you. I mean, the, the crux of why I did it is, I mean, yeah, as you, the tapes have said, uh, you know, I came, I came to CNN uh, as a contractor at the at the bureau in D.C. You know, a card carrying Democrat, Bernie supporter, and uh, just through whatever I've seen, it basically kind of eventually over the course of time started pushing me back to the center center right and you know i can probably identify surprisingly as a as a kind of a conservative leaning now that working at cnn i think you and your listeners would get a kick out of that but i just saw a lot of stuff that just really rubbed me the wrong way because i've always been a seeker of truth even when i even when i was on the left and uh, i just wanted people to own where they're at or just disclose that or you know if they you know, Fox is obviously conservative. MSNBC obviously left. They By the way, much- not everybody at Fox is conservative. Indeed, I'm just I telling you, that. there are some people at Fox that hate what I do. I'm just being uh, straight up with you. But hey, that, that's their prerogative. And I know you I agree. I have no problem um, with it. Yeah. And, and that's definitely people not can't case. people can't believe I was friends with Shep. We just never talk politics. I was, just, you know, but we got I, he's the best guy with breaking news. I'll tell you that. Indeed. And, and I love watching Shep, too. I get my news sources from everywhere to get as well-rounded as I could. The point is that, you know, you and Shep disagreed, for example. I'm sure the other, you know, left-leaning people on your staff, you know, but I know you don't suppress their viewpoints or intimidate them in any way. And that was one of the things that I saw throughout the, the building is that there was a specific kind of groupthink. And I've had private conversations, even not on the tapes, of people that, hey, I lean right or I voted for Trump. I just can't say that here because I'll lose my job. And to me, that just raise so many alarm bells that like just erodes the first amendment and obviously it's a private business yada 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 but i don't want to be a part of anything where people are afraid to you know exercise their most basic rights guaranteed under the bill of rights and constitution so you know i decided to seek james out uh you know when i met him and it was the uh hardest thing i've ever done i'm still going through it um obviously bracing for impact of any uh blowback the other way you know but uh, we're just going to take it one step at a time. But what I can say, Sean, is that uh, James O'Keefe and the rest of the team at Veritas have done everything to make it as easy as possible to come forward and shed the light on some of these things. They've they've taken care of me and my family. You know, they paid a bunch of money for this operation. I mean, they everything James has promised me has come true and then some. And I just can't. There, there is some ambiguity, and I don't want to ignore James O'Keefe, who's on the line with us here. James, I'm sorry. Did you lose your job over this? I did. I, I still don't have confirmation one way or the other, whether it was a resignation or a termination. I can only assume still that um, I was terminated because I was supposed to resign the day after it was released. But when it released and went wild, uh, my phone was turned off. I actually got some money taken back out of my account that we agreed upon. You know, so I can only assume that was a termination. But again, I, I don't have confirmation. Well, let me, way. Can I get some more details? You had CNN knew you did this beforehand. No, 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 no one knew this uh, before it went out. Okay, and when you say money taken out, did they, did they, they took your phone away or turned your phone off, stopped paying you? That would be being fired. I can only assume that. So my contracting company, like I said, uh, we had an agreement where I had a few, like a week left of PTO. Mm -hmm. You know, provided I work until you know Tuesday, and then they would just stick it on the check. The thing is that I worked obviously one day short. You know, then it was kind of taken back, and my phone was turned off. So understood. Logically, logically, I, I deducted that I was fired. 
Quick break. Uh, James, we'll get to you, I promise. Don't be mad at us here. We, we wanted to play the tape and let it speak for itself. Uh, we'll come back. We'll continue. Attorney Lynn Wood. Remember, he represented Richard Jewell. We, he and I go back that far. Um, I was the only one that didn't rush the judgment in the media then. I learned a big lesson. And now representing Nicholas Sandman, we've got an up- update on that, that 16-year-old kid with a MAGA hat. Uh, we've got a lot more coming up as well. Big breaking news day. And, of course, the secret Soviet-style impeachment coup attempt is ongoing, all in secret. All right, as we continue with James O'Keefe, he is the founder of Project Veritas, also Carrie Porch, part of this undercover investigation of uh, CNN. Uh, First of all, I think, you know, Carrie risked a lot here, James. Um, Others probably now are in deep, deep trouble. And they did it anyway. That speaks volumes, I think, about who these people are and how much they care about truth and news and what has now become full-on propaganda to me in state-run TV for the Democrats. Um, This is having a big impact. Well, yeah, it sure is, Sean. I mean, the 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 videos, thanks to Carrie on the line here, have earned over one million tweets, which is unbelievable, and not a single comment from CNN yet, uh, unable to engage in defamation. They're pretty much rendered mute. But uh, the, I think this third tape is maybe, in my opinion, the strongest yet because we have veterans of 25 years saying, we're to- this is a direct quote, we're totally left-leaning, but we don't like to admit it. Um, and then another field production supervisor says, quote, the only way this will go away is when Trump dies, hopefully soon, unquote. The president has tweeted about this three times. He's having a rally tonight. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he talks about this. And, and uh, you know, this is – Kerry's a very brave man. I, I, I think that uh, he, has, he has already – enticed other people like him to come forward to us. And this is the kind of a new movement here where people are so fed up. They're not necessarily right wing. They're just people who are angry at uh, what they see and hear, and they want to blow the whistle. So I just give Kerry all the credit in the world, and I'm proud of him for, for going through this. And uh, we, he had a GoFundMe page that maxed out. So Stay um, right there. Just, We're going to take a break. We'll carry you over to the other side, play a little bit more of this tape. Uh, James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas, Kerry uh, porches with us. Uh, he did the hard undercover work at CNN. Um, maybe some reaction he's also getting from his former colleagues. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. Lynn Wood, remember he was the renowned attorney in the Richard Jewell case, now is specifically representing Nicholas Sandman, the kid with the MAGA hat, and, and Native American Nathan Phillips, and, and the black Hebrew Israelites verbally assaulting. CNN says like they they want to portray the contrast, but really it's partly because you want you know like conflict is what sells. Nobody wants to hear one minute canned statements. Gotcha. So, Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It's like Craig Licks, get more money. Craig Licks, get more money. What are you gonna do? Just take an anchor and put them at the desk and tell the news. So busy trying to trying to get appointment viewership. We don't, even though we're totally left, we're not. We don't want to admit it. Um, when Zucker took over, uh, it wasn't until Trump that we ended up being all Trump all the time. So it's all about the money. It's almost all about the money. 
corporation. Saying here, like, hey, we used to be the best and we used to report news. We used to cover news. We used to go out and do stories. This is a story that's not going to go away. Oh, the Ukraine thing? Or just well, in general? Well, in general. The only way this will go away is when he dies. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. That's some of the uh, highlights. Project Veritas, their undercover, well, sting operation against fake news CNN. Uh, very, very revealing, um, especially it, th- this is a top down, you know, st- almost like state run propaganda. Not it's not a news outlet. It is a political arm that is part of a, a, what I call the media mob, and I say mob for a reason. We have now lived through more lies, more conspiracy theories, more hoax, you know, under the banner of where news. You're not news. So stop saying you're news people. You know, I, I first said in 2007, I had no idea how right I was at the time that journalism is dead. Nobody in the media in the middle of hope and change, hope and change. And yes, we can. And Obama and Obama, you know, and the bumper stickers and the slogans, nobody vetted Barack Obama. And we started in Frank Marshall Davis and the Chum gang and white folks greed runs a world in need and black liberation theology. And what is a community organizer? What's acorn? Who's Alinsky? Um, how black liberation theology it inspired Barack Obama, the church of GD America. Then, of course, culminating with starting one's political career in the home of unrepentant terrorists, heirs and Dorn, part of the Weather Underground. We did all that. Wasn't anyone else in the media that was willing to do it. And I even was warned by prominent friends of this program that I'm, my career is going to end over doing it. But I did it anyway. I mean, we've now had three years of never-ending lying. And then what, where are we now today? We got the secret, behind closed doors, Soviet-style impeachment coup attempt. And the media lets it happen, not demanding transparency, but they all wanted the full, complete, unredacted Mueller report. They got it. They they didn't expect the president would release the, the transcript of the conversation with President Zelensky. They got that, too. I'd like to know a few things. I'd like to get the transcripts of Joe Biden's conversations with Ukrainian leaders when he was vice president. And after Obama had more flexibility after being elected, well, let's get those transcripts out in the public domain. Let's look at those too. Or the conversations with the mullahs in Iran that say death to America, death to Israel, and burn our flag and the Israeli flag and threaten to wipe Israel off the map and America off the map. Why would we ever give them $150 billion and in cargo planes landing on in tarmacs handing over to the mullahs of iran that's a pretty dumb deal but nobody in the media does does that i'm going to add this one thing and we'll go back to james o'keefe and carrie porch it's ironic because everything that they have accused me and fox of all these years they are guilty of I have now begun my 24th year at the Fox News Channel, my 31st year in radio. Everybody knows Sean Hannity is a conservative, a registered conservative. I don't hide it. 
And that you ask me what I do for a living. I am a talk show host on radio and television. Well, what does that mean to be a talk show host? Well, we can produce our thousands of hours of straight news reporting, wars, weather, you know, you name it, uh, shootings, God forbid, horrible events, just straight news. I'm just reporting news. No opinion. Then our investigative work into Obama now into the deep state. We've been right the last three years. They've been wrong. We've been proven right on the dirty dossier, Hillary Espionage Act, the leading subpoenaed emails uh, of spying farmed out to, you know, allied countries, all of that, you know, premeditated fraud on a FISA court. They don't care about any of this. And so we've done so investigative reporting is part of what we do. Opinion is part of being a talk show host. Talking about sports and culture is part of it. We've been talking about the NBA in China recently. Ethan's favorite topic. Anyway, we bring back James O'Keefe. He is the founder of Project Veritas. This is now the third installation in his undercover project on CNN. Carrie Porch, uh, who went undercover and got a lot of this information out. Um, are you worried about, uh, uh, Carrie, are you worried about your future and what 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 the ramifications of all of this is going to be to you? Because I, I, what I think you did is tremendously courageous. And I got to imagine there's probably going to be a personal cost to you in some way. Absolutely, Sean. I mean, I, I still am you know, kind of scared for my future. It is uncertain. But thankful to James, yourself, all the other patriots and stuff, we definitely have a little, a little trust fund set up to stake us for a while until we make our next move. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not naive. I know I've upset a lot of very powerful and connected people. Um, but again, hopefully that this can motivate. By the way, by the way join the club. I don't think they like me. <laughs> it's a good. I don't think they like James either. I call it a guess, but, uh, I mean, it, hopefully I was motivated by the Facebook insider and she was motivated by someone else. So hopefully I can motivate some other people, not only in my industry, but others to come forward. If they see some malfeasance, just go to, uh, project slash brave promise. You'll be taken care of everything that James has promised me has come true. James, um, I know you because I remember the first tapes you've done, and I know you've taken a lot of lawsuits. I think you won all six against you over the years, haven't you? Yeah, Sean, we've won six straight lawsuits. Uh, we, we Nine years ago, we settled one for filming someone without permission, and then nothing to do with lying or editing. But they always try to say that I'm a liar, that I edit tapes. Uh, they can never actually point out what's false about these tapes, Sean. I mean, it's all we've been vindicated in federal court time and time again, and the media omits that fact. So, I mean, these are these are these are pretty amazing exposés because they really we kind of stepped out of the boxing ring and go into the box seats and expose the people you're not allowed to expose. People in the media, people in Google, uh, people at Facebook, now CNN. Uh, you're not allowed to investigate those entities, but these are the most powerful, as Kerry just said. This is where power really lies. Who who governs uh, consent in this country? It's the media. They have more power than government. So I, I think, you know, I won't say who, but in the last day or two, we've had a number of people reach out to me inside of media entities agreeing and calling this expose devastating. So these are the anonymous heroes like Carrie Porch out there, and um, there's more to come. Uh, that was my next question, because you never give the whole story in one day, which I think is very smart on your part. By the way, you th this is how 60 Minutes defined itself for years. 
and 60 Minutes edits every take. They, by the way, they were pushing so hard for me, and Linda can confirm this, um, to be featured on, on 60 Minutes. And I said, sure, if it's unedited, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do a straight-up interview, however long you want. No, we can't do that. Well, why? Why? Because they're going to slice and dice me in, a, in an edit room and make me look any way they want. And then they'll do their little narrative thing around it. I know how they work. I know their game. And, and they've settled. And Sean, they've settled scores of lawsuits. I mean, NBC guy just said that I settled a defamation lawsuit. I've never settled a defamation lawsuit. We won in federal court time and time again. I've had to spend millions of dollars to defend my name. And these entities are guilty of precisely the thing they accuse us of. And it's, and it's time for citizens to step up. Um, we, we have to be the journalists. We're the journalists, not them. Citizen so journalists. A lot of courage. Yes. Yeah. And, and I will say this. I got to tip my hat. Even to the people that slam me all over social media. And by the way, some of it's pretty darn funny. Even about me, I have a great, I have a great ability to laugh at myself. And uh, I know people disagree with me. I know this is a divided political time, but the, the information that shows up all over social media, I mean, it is an influx of great stuff. So, Carrie, let me ask you this. Is, is this going to change the trajectory maybe of your career in some way? Maybe you want to do other things now. Well, I mean, I'm definitely entertaining pretty much anything out there. Um, you know, this is my first and I thought last media job, but we're always entertaining um, opportunities and stuff. Uh, some very nice folks have reached out to James and company and forwarded me emails. We're in talks with a couple people now with some different things, but we're open to opportunities. My uh, lovely lady and I were just discussing it as a family. Um, you know, the, the future is uncertain, but I'm very optimistic of the future. Uh, granted, I'm not naive enough to think that these people would not, not come after me. So we're kind of bracing for whatever comes next, but it feels so much better to just be in the sunlight and let it out there and hopefully just affect the dialogue. Like all James and I wanted was to basically encourage dialogue between the party lines and just get rid of this divisiveness in as much way as we can own where you're at and let's have a conversation over a coffee or beer and let's come together on the what 80% we agree on and still work out the rest of the differences. That was our goal. Just get everything in the open and let's own where we're at. You know, I, I, that's very interesting. All right, quick break. More with James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas, Carrie Porch, who went undercover in the CNN operation. And uh, we'll also have Lynn Wood at the top of the next hour. All right, as we continue, James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas, Carrie Porch, who went undercover at Fake News CNN. I will say this. Real journalism is can be and has proven to be a dangerous profession for many, many people. Those journalists that go into war zones, those journalists that go undercover, uh, those journalists. I mean, but I believe journalism is dead. I mean, the fact that, you know, here's Jeff Zucker on tape. Impeach me, stand up, teach me, you know, and and blow up breaks. You go after her, you know, and this radical hate Trump insanity um, is it's it, it does take your breath away. I, I wonder if they really believe that they are journalists or whether or not they recognize the simple truth, which is they're not. And if they wanted to be a little more honest about it, I think they would say where we do talk shows. John Lemon is a talk show host. Jake Tapper is a talk show host. He's not a journalist. They don't do investigative journalism. They 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 are now there are a lot of people in this industry that would say anything 
if it meant they got on TV and got a paycheck. I can't fake it. I started out making no money being a being a radio talk show host that was a conservative. James. Sean, Jeff Bezos, you know, the richest man in the world, trillion dollar company. He bought the Washington Post and he wrote on the Medium website recently. He said, my stewardship of the Post and my support of its mission is something I am most proud of. Make no mistake. He's not most proud of the fact that this thing is going to earn, that this thing is influencing the masses or informing the masses. It's about power. And journalism is not about drawing conclusions and advocacy. It's about exposing the truth, exposing reality, which is what Project Veritas does. It should not abuse participation and advocacy work. It should not leak anonymously from sources in government where we can't hear and see what these people are saying. Journalists are supposed to challenge what people are saying. And everything else is public relations. And there's no question that on the economic side, a lot of this is due to economic pressures. You see it in the tape today. The guy goes, it's all about ratings, even if it's not true. It's about ratings. The the great irony is they don't get ratings over at fake news CNN. They really don't. They're the lowest rated. All right, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, thank you. Carrie Porch, thank you as well. And uh, we will continue to follow up the story. Jay, I, I guess we're getting more in the days to come. It's going to be fascinating. When we come back, Lynn Wood, renowned attorney. Remember Richard Jewell? He's now representing Nicholas Sandman, the young kid with the MAGA hat, and the Native American Nathan Phillips. And the media smeared, slandered, libeled this poor kid, and they were wrong. And that media is going to pay for it. That's next. And the other news of the day, especially on the radical Democrats' secret Soviet-style impeachment coup attempt. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload. Toll-free telephone numbers 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, I thought that was just an incredible hour. The guy that went undercover for James O'Keefe and Project Veritas We have, I I said it in 2007, I said media is dead. It's gone. Journalism's dead. It's buried. It doesn't exist. You know, and I've told the story many times. I won't repeat it now. I learned such a valuable lesson. I was a local host in Atlanta in the Richard Jewell case, and the AJC comes out. He fits the profile of the lone bomber. He lives with his mother. I'm like, that doesn't mean a thing. Maybe he's saving money to buy a house. How's that? Um... I didn't know at the time I was the only one that didn't go down the frenzy lane with uh, all these conspiracy theories. They they turned this guy, Richard Jewell's life upside down. You think they would have learned, but no, they're wrong. Let's see. Cambridge police, wrong. Ferguson, Missouri, wrong. UVA, wrong. Duke lacrosse, wrong. Baltimore, Maryland, wrong. There were three years of lies, conspiracy theories and a hoax disproven. No corrections, no apologies, nothing. You know, and what happened with Nicholas Sandman, you know, this Covington high school student, 16 year old kid, you know, the, the, the left's willingness They never made a phone call to find out, Okay, is this accurate? They had a 15 second clip and they attacked these kids viciously. And, you know, they began uh, then all of a sudden, whoops, they went. And when they knew the truth, they kept it up. It was so bad. Well, now they're they're like trying to delete all their tweets and expressing regrets. A little late. Kara Swisher, tech writer, New York Times contributor. I was a complete dolt. To put up this and several other obnoxious tweets yesterday, 
without waiting to see the whole video of the incident. I apologize to the kids from Kentucky unilaterally. At least she had the decency to do it. Other media people kept going, you know, calling this kid a racist. This kid did not approach Nathan Phillips, the Native American. Just the opposite. Nathan Phillips ran up into his grill banging a drum and he just smiled when the black Hebrew Israelites were calling these kids all sorts of of names and and racist comments were being made. He's the one that turned around and said, don't respond to these guys. Let's just keep our cool here. I don't think I could have handled it as well as he did. And, you know, one of the things Swishers had put up there was finding every one of these beep beep kids and giving them a large piece of my mind. You know, we have the New Republics. They had a delete a tweet arguing that Trump supporting students were racist and others deleting tweets that the kids should be punched in the face. That was a fake news. CNN CNN's uh, Anna Navarro deleted one denouncing the quote rear end wipe parents of the students for teaching them bigotry and racism. Wow. And uh, our old friend S.E. Cup. Hey, guys, seeing all the additional videos uh, now, uh, I 100% regret reacting too quickly to the Covington story. I wish I had the fuller picture before weighing in. Whoopsie daisy. Lynn Wood was the attorney for Richard Jewell. That's when I got to know Lynn Wood. I had one of the first interviews with Richard Jewell because Richard Jewell actually heard me when the story broke about him saying, so what? He lives with his mother. That doesn't make him a terrorist. And he wasn't. He was a hero. He did save lives that day. Lynn, uh, how are you? Welcome back. Sean, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> you got anything to talk about these days? No, nah, you know, there's not much going on. I, I, I need to retire. I need to get out of here. No, uh, we need you. We need you. We need somebody on the air that's telling the uh, American public the truth. So don't go anywhere. How bad did it get as it relates to it? I know you've filed a number of lawsuits and I'd like to know where all of this is going. What well, what was the worst coverage that you saw as it relates to Nicholas Sandman? Well, I, the Washington Post was the first member of the mainstream media to jump out and go after Nicholas based on a, an edited uh clip that had been posted on the internet. But if I'm evaluating right now the three cases that we have pending, Washington Post, CNN, and NBC, I think hands down it goes to CNN because CNN not only uh, rebroadcast and republished the false narrative of Nathan Phillips without investigation, but CNN went so far as to accuse Nicholas and the Covington Catholic students of attacking uh, with slurs and other uh, racist comments, the black Hebrew Israelites. And in fact, the opposite was true. So they went after him on two different fronts, both false, both putting him out there as the poster child for racist misconduct. And I'll give them first spot at the moment. You know, some of the how many days, but, but for example, in the beginning, they took a, a snippet. And they ran with they built their own narrative that he walked over to Nathan Phillips and that these kids were racist and and, and et cetera, et cetera. They didn't even make a phone call, did they, they to ask, they did, did this really happen this way? They did not. In fact, what they did, they took about a 59 second edited clip posted by someone with an agenda that showed Nicholas standing in front of Nathan Phillips while he was beating the drum. Now, anyone with common sense knows that something happened before that clip and something happened happened after that clip. They didn't bother to look at the videos of the entire incident that were available online to learn the truth. 
they jumped out and they let Nathan Phillips have their airways to tell his false narrative. And every interview he gave, the narrative changed because you can't tell the same lie twice. Nathan Phillips was a liar, but he fit their agenda. So they ran with his factual narrative of the events, which was total fiction. There was no taunting. There was no physical intimidation. Nobody, including Nicholas, tried to block him or to keep him from retreating. It was all a lie made up of several lies, but they were eager to go out there and to push that narrative from CNN standpoint and NBC and the Washington Post. They did it because he was wearing a Make America Great Again cap. It fit their anti-Trump narrative. Truth was irrelevant. Their agenda was the priority. And that's just not true with Nicholas Sandman. That's true of their coverage in general, as we clearly have seen demonstrated recently with the videos of Jeff Zucker exposed by Project Veritas. Nicholas Sandman is a kid. He's not a public figure. Now, if they lie about me, which I've now been a public figure for 31 years, I was really I have really no recourse, do I? But Nicholas Sandman does. Nicholas Sandman does. And don't give up on your own standing. I've successfully handled a number of cases for public figures because you can once you get into court and get past a motion to dismiss. Discovery produces the truth. Facts are stubborn things, and it is not impossible for even a public figure to show that the accusations that are false were published recklessly with a reckless disregard for truth or falsity. So if the accusation is heinous and it's clearly false, even a public figure, I believe, has a right to find accountability in a court of law. But I think I, I think so, I need to reevaluate. I really need to reevaluate because I have let a lot go over the years. I'm not going to take this crap anymore. And now I can actually afford you as an attorney. Uh, in my <laughs> earlier days in Atlanta, I would never be able to afford you. Um, well, but, so let me give you let me give you a really good example. Look at Justice Kavanaugh. Yep. If Justice Kavanaugh was willing to be distracted from his duties on the Supreme Court. And if he was willing to withstand the slings and arrows of the media defendants, because what they do is they try to, to defend their wrongdoing by throwing as much mud as they can against the plaintiffs. But Brett Kavanaugh, in my opinion, would prevail in a defamation case against a number of individuals and a number of members of the media. But obviously, for practical reasons, he's chosen not to do that. I don't blame him. But I believe that he's a great example of a public figure that could, in fact, uh, file and win uh, a defamation case. That is a great, great. That is a great point. But I mean, I wish we'd change the laws. I wish the standard. I know Great Britain has very different laws. I know that uh, that Charles Harder won the, the Gawker case, which was phenomenal. That was involved Hulk Hogan. They went bankrupt over it. I know the Daily Mail ended up paying uh, Melania Trump. And by the way, I, I understand other people. Are you going to go after every outlet that did this? Because I think you should. Well, we, we've got another uh, almost uh, two years 
to file lawsuits for Nicholas because of his age, the statute of limitations is told until he turns 18. That will be next year in July. So we've got a about a year and a half, I guess, to 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 bring the the wrongdoers into court. We 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 hit a we hit a, a stumbling block with the Washington Post case, and the court, I believe, erroneously dismissed that case. Agreed. We had a motion. We had a hearing yesterday on our motion to dismiss because we're preparing to take it to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, where I am convinced it will be reversed. But I left the hearing yesterday, Sean, and I'm very optimistic that the judge understands the. Uh, error in his ruling, and I'd, I'd give us a better than 50-50 chance of the judge reversing himself and allowing us to get discovery going. And when discovery starts, when the editors start having to testify and the people that wrote their uh, retraction, quote-unquote quote, quote retraction uh, editor's notes, and Phillips is deposed, the truth is going to come out. My and recollection, Nolan— He's going to get the relief that he, he deserves. We're going to hold these people accountable. My recollection is even after we knew the truth, there were still people telling the lie about he's a racist. He's this he that he could that he did it. I mean, how long after the truth was known, did they continue and did they retract and apologize in the interim? Some of them went on for days afterwards. And you don't have to go any further than uh, Twitter today. And you're going to still find uh, a large number of people who accuse Nicholas of being an arrogant, racist uh, brat. Uh, you know, the lie, I call it the, the, the shout of guilty, is rarely overcome by the whisper of innocence. And so the lasting impact of the false and heinous accusations against this, against this young man will, will follow him for his lifetime, even though they have been totally disproven by a objective view of the evidence. But there is no objectivity in the media any longer, Sean. It's, no. just, it's, Journalism is dead. You know, I said it in, yeah. in 2007. Stay right there. Linwood, the attorney for Nicholas Sandman, uh, I mean, it's just, they are not journalists. These are not news organizations. They're phony. Um, and fake news is exactly the right branding that the president has given them. All right, as we continue, Linwood, renowned attorney in the Richard Jewell case, now representing uh, Nicholas Sandman, the Covington Catholic school kid that was wearing a MAGA hat. Um, everything that the media told about Nicholas Sandman was wrong. Every, every commentary was wrong. The facts were wrong. They did zero due diligence. And then in many cases, even after the facts were known, they stayed with the false narrative because it's their hate Trump narrative. Um. I'd like to believe this kid becomes a billionaire at the end of this and that you don't let anybody off the hook. Where are we with that? And then I don't think it's about money, but you know what? He deserves his he does what they did to him cannot happen anymore in this country, in my view. Well, uh, you're exactly right, Sean, and it's not a matter of the of the what is the dollar amount. The dollar amount needs to be determined as the amount of money that will punish the media for its wrongdoing and will, importantly, deter the media from repeating the wrongdoing against other innocent individuals. That, as you know, is going to have to be a big figure because these companies are owned by large, very wealthy corporate conglomerates. So we're going to have to get their attention. I hope a jury will get their attention. And Sean, I don't do this 
for political reasons. You don't do it for the money I, either. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that. I don't do yeah. it for the money. I do this not for the money or for the politics, but because of the injustice inflicted on a 16-year-old boy. Now, if we look at it politically, you know as well as I know that the mainstream media has become another arm of uh, the, the Democratic Party and the anti-Trump movement. I have always found that sunshine is the greatest disinfectant of them all, stealing a quote from a wise jurist of the past. Mm-hmm. I, I would think that the media would be in an uproar over the secrecy that's being imposed on this so-called impeachment inquiry. Open records, open government. That's what the media always demands. Yet now they are silent and acquiescent in Congress investigating the president of the United States behind closed doors. That speaks volumes. You don't have to even have Project Veritas exposed by video, the bias. The bias is there every day, and it's reflected by their unwillingness to tell the truth and expose the American public to the truth. All when right. people learn the truth about Nicholas Sandman, the results should be significant and hopefully enough to deter this type of conduct from ever occurring again. Lynn Wood, keep us updated. Attorney for Nicholas Sandman, Covington Catholic school kid who did nothing wrong and acted, frankly, in a way that showed more discipline than you could imagine. Quick break. Right back. Your calls are next. All right. 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, I'm watching the media over this Mick Mulvaney tape again and again. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. I'm like, okay, Mick is not that articulate. Here's what we knew. We knew from the beginning that the president, it's in the transcript. We've had an obsession in this country about 2016 election interference. Now go back to the report in Politico, January 11th, 2017. Yes, Ukraine admits that they worked to interfere in our elections on behalf of Hillary Clinton. That is a fact. We actually have a president that has a constitutional duty to faithfully execute the laws of this land. That's what the president asked for. That's what the president said he wanted said, I need your help with something. We have a special agreement with Ukraine, like we have with Italy, like we have with Great Britain, like we have with Australia, that we cooperate criminal investigations, which is what we what the president was saying we need to have done. That's it's that simple. That if, you know, all these phonies now they got their new outrage talking point, all these frauds in the media mob Breathlessly, hysterically, you know, out there again, it is so predictable. What the president is doing is trying to do what they said they wanted to have done. That's it. Got Joe Biden on tape. What's Joe Biden on tape doing? He's using taxpayer dollars to shake down Ukraine, and he's the one really threatening to withhold aid. Uh, so Ukrainians said they never felt it. We're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a. 
<laughs> got fired. Son of a bee, my shakedown worked and got fired. The same media. They didn't care about that on tape. They didn't care about Biden. They didn't care about his son Hunter's interview. Hunter, what experience did you have in Ukraine? Oil, energy, gas, none. What experience did you have with China, private equity? None. Um, do you think, uh, well, why do you think you got all these millions and millions of dollars in the case of China, a billion five in a private equity deal? Um, because my in the list the vice you gave president? me the reasons why you're on that board. You did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice of course, president. Yeah, no. I, what I, role do you think that played? I think oh. that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. You were paid fifty thousand dollars a month for your position. Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a Probably lot of things not. that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Probably not. No experience. Now, what? why would countries spend millions of dollars on the son of a vice president with no money, uh, with no experience? He has nothing to offer them. Nothing at all. Hang on. No one in my family will have an office in the White House, will sit in meetings as if they're a cabinet member, will in fact have any business relationship with anyone that relates to a foreign corporation or a foreign country. Period. Period. End of story. And what I'm not going to let you all do is take the focus off the problem. No one, no one has asserted my son did a single thing wrong. No one has asserted that I have done anything wrong except a lying president. That's the only thing. That's the focus. I want to get to the heart of it. Did you and your father ever discuss Ukraine? No. As I said, the only time was after a news account. It wasn't a discussion in any way. There's no but to this. No, we never did. Your dad said, I hope you know what you're doing. I hope you know what you're doing. I do. And I said, I do. And that was literally the end of our discussion. Why? Because my dad was vice president of the United States. There's literally nothing as a young man or as a full-grown adult that um, uh, my father in some way hasn't had influence over. It does not serve either one of us. When he said, I hope you know what you're doing, what did he think you were doing? Well, he read the press reports that I joined the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian natural gas company. And there's been a, a, a lot of misinformation about me, not about my dad. Nobody buys that. But by this idea that I was unqualified to be on the board. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Boy Schiller Flexner, one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though. Uh, no, but I think that I had as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board, if not more. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, Diane, New York, the all-new AM710 WOR. Hi. Hey, Diane, how are you? Hi, good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I just wanted to call and tell you that I enjoyed your interview with Mike Rowe yesterday and Thank wanted you. him to know uh, that I appreciate him bringing attention to the need for skilled labor in this country. What do you do for uh, a living, Diane? Uh, my husband and I own a flooring 
business. It's awesome. How's business? It's it's booming. Um, in fact, we we turn work away because we just don't have the staff to expand. Uh, my husband installs with two helpers. We've recently hired an apprentice. Um, what kind of flooring? Wood? Do you do wood flooring or what do you do? Everything, every type of flooring. Uh, not not tile any longer. Hey, Sean, can I jump in here for a second? I want to ask Diane a question. Linda, Linda, you jump in. Diane, I just had a quick question. So in all seriousness, this was a big thing that we talked about with my guest today was that there's just not enough people to fill the slots. Are you you really seeing that? Like there there aren't enough American trade workers to fill the openings that you have? Uh, Definitely. And what do you think, what do you think you would say to like, you know, kids in high school? Like, are you guys out there? Are you doing workshops? Are you going to job, you know, shows? Are you going to the high school saying, hey, if college isn't for you, you know, here's a great trade. You know, is there anything that we can encourage our audience? Because we got tons of kids that listen to the show, kids in high school, you know, it'd be great to point them in the right direction. That is something I did a few years ago. I did work with our local school um, along with a couple of other community leaders um, in business, and we went to the high schools and talked to them about what we do, and gave them um, the alternatives to college. You know that. Let me ask you this: a, tra- a, a skilled craftsman, how much would they make a year if they work for you? <laughs> we have a sub who easily makes between sixty and seventy thousand a year. Easily, and what about uh, what would an apprentice start out with? Somebody that works hard and is willing to do a lot of work. What would he make an hour? Um, if they had any experience at all or, or not, um, anywhere between 15 to $20 an hour to start. Not bad. I mean, I got paid $2 and 35 cents an hour to wash dishes by hand with no machine. Um, My good for you. I will say this, so- you know, I, I do think there is a certain elitist mindset that looks down on trades, but you know what? Look at your own house. What have you had to build that house? Um, what if you had to do your own electrical work and your own plumbing? What if exactly. you had to put in? Yeah, I mean, I, just pick what, but lay your own tile, lay your own flooring, uh, paint your own house. So everyone thinks they can paint. Most people can't. They don't have clue how to do it the right way. And, and that's or what hang, I really yeah. appreciated about Mike Rowe, because yeah. for years he's been singing the praises um, of skilled labor. And it's not it's not a bad thing anymore. Uh, not to go to college, you know, to learn something, a trade, you always have cash in your pocket. Um, it, it served me well. It served me well. My 10 years in the restaurant business, starting from when I was 12 and the 10 years that I spent in construction in one form or another, it really has. And you're right. I was busy most of the time, made money all the time. And I don't know. I, I always had a certain satisfaction at the end of the day when I would look back and I, I kind of ended up mastering and finish work because I had an eye for it and detail and I loved it. But you look back where you started that day and you look at your job at the end of the day and you get a, a sense of self-satisfaction. You got the job done. It's very, I found it very rewarding. And, you know, even little projects that I work on now, not as often as I'd like because I don't have any time. I look back and I'm like, wow, maybe I should just maybe I never should have gotten into this radio thing because it's a lot less pressure. Um, But anyway, Diane, thank you. Good luck with your business. If you ever get slow on work, let us promote you. Uh, Big time AJ Houston, Texas. What's going on, baby? Big time Sean Hannity. Hey, 
Great work as always, but you know us Trumpers, we peed old at these idiot Democrats because when they go after Trump, they're going after us. Trump, you know I ramble. Trump, he saved them troops' lives, and these idiots, them rhino Republicans that voted with them Dems, come on. All this goes back to Obama. This is a joke. Trump the one going to lead them, what is it, they said 50, but it was 28? Come on. Well, he wasn't going to leave them boys there and them girls there to slaughter. What's going on with these idiot Democrats? But if it was on the other shoe, oh, well, 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 yeah. And then if Trump had a system, old people in there, oh, look at him. He's a warmonger. What, what, son, what are we going to do with these people? Oh, beat them at the box next year. That's what we're going to do. Beat them at the booth for sure. Those Trumpers are mad, man. We are, we can't ready to, we, we just move. We, we ready to vote. We ready to vote. It's going to be great tonight to watch him too. I can tell you it will be great if an election night, November 3rd, we begin our 365 day countdown on this show. And if we get to November 3rd, 2020, and they have to make the call, Donald Trump, has been reelected as the president of the United States, maybe even after this stupid impeachment witch hunt. Uh, I will tell you, it will be a night to remember for the rest of our lives. Amazing. It's going to be Groundhog Day all over again. <laughs> yeah, and for them Obama people that have pre- you on that list and everybody, that's a joke. Where the media? Where the oh, man, I, I just, just uh, the, the look on their faces. And, and and as they just oh oh it, 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 it's it's worth the price of admission. It's worth waiting in the rain forty hours to vote. Whatever it takes, it's worth it. All right, I got to run like big time. Thank you, my friend. Again. Yeah, they're gonna be saying oh no, depression will set in set in immediately. Uh, Craig in Washington, what's up, Craig? How are you? Glad you call. Hey, I tell you, Sean, uh, I'm so proud of this president. I, I don't know a man that's taken more arrows in his lifetime for the things that I believe in. He continues to fight. I was getting down a little bit. I watched him in Minneapolis there in Minnesota at that rally. I got a little bit emotional. I got that fire burning in my belly again. I'll tell you what, I got my kids, my wife, my 70-year-old Democratic mom is fired up. Trump. We're going to fight like we did with the Tea Party. We're coming back, and I just encourage everybody – don't get down. Get back up and let's fight. We got to keep supporting Trump standing up there so he can keep his shield up and battle for us every day. Thank you, Sean. I can't wait to see the president in Dallas tonight. This is now going to that. Thanks to Mulvaney, it's taken on a sense of here we go again. And he it's going to be great. Hannity tonight at nine. I hope you'll watch eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Uh, I think we got time for one more quick call. Uh, Mark in Atlanta. What's up, Mark? Hey, Sean. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I just wanted to get your opinion. I am uh, disgusted with what's going on with Washington right now. Feel like we don't need career politicians and we need term limits. Wanted to get your opinion on term limits. I've heard the president mention it several times, and what we can do is one man with one vote to try and affect that. I can tell you right now that the answer term limits is a bad idea whose time has come Then maybe they'll go on the, okay, I'm not going to, I can actually do things principally rather than worrying about my future because they all want to get reelected. Sad. These people go to Washington, even those that supposedly have the best ideas and they change, they get 
become swamp creatures. All right, so the president has a, a speech in Dallas, I think scheduled to begin at eight ish. I just checked in with somebody on his team. They said they're running a little behind. So I assume some of this will bleed into Hannity tonight. There's going to be a big speech tonight. Uh, and uh, we'll get to the bottom of uh, all the stupidity of the dumb statements that people around the president make. I don't even know what to make of it. Uh, we have Newt Gingrich, Devin Nunes, Lawrence Jones at the Trump rally. We have uh, John Solomon, who is going to give us some insight into what we can expect from the IG report and much, much more. Um, and I think the impeachment this is what we're living through. Radical extreme socialist Democrats, secret Soviet style impeachment coup attempt. That's what this is. It's that simple. And we will be here every day battling, fighting for truth. And the double standards stinks to high heaven. See you tonight at nine. Thank you, as always, for being with us back here tomorrow.